Welcome to another Making an Impression, The Sketches. This week we're joined by the legend that is Rory Bremner, and a guy who blew me away with his boxing impressions when I interviewed him in Series 1, super-talented Adam Diggle. Adam talks about his experience voicing animations with Arnold Schwarzenegger, no less. And we discussed the difference between vocally accurate and cartoon impressions. There's more chat about Keir Starmer's blockage, mm -hmm. uh, how Winnie the Pooh became Tyson Fury, and impressions that work best at the end of a breath. Lots of cock-ups, uh, three great sketches, wonderful impressions. Enjoy. to have with us a, a new voice to making an impression, although he was with us for the uh, interview shows. It's welcome to Adam Diggle. How are you, Adam? Hello. I'm good. Good. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Delighted to get you back on the show for this bit of it, which is the sketch bit. We've got three sketches coming today. Uh, I know you're terrified of all of them, as we all are, because <laughs> so many voices. there are so many voices none of us can do. But I'm in the happy position of being the host, and therefore I, I, you know, I award the voices according to my cowardice. So <laughs> lovely to have you here, Adam. And also oh, with us, it's his fourth podcast of the day. It's nearly half past three in the afternoon. It's uh, <laughs> the enormously popular, and rightly so. It's Rory Bremner. Rory, how are you doing? Thank you. <laughs> Great to be back on on the show where you hear people doing voices they can't do. <laughs> uh, but you see, this is where, you know, if I was Alistair McGowan, I would have spent so long rehearsing and practicing these and be brilliant at them because yeah. you're Alistair McGowan and you are brilliant at them and all the rest of it. Instead of which, I literally have printed out, I, I sent you an email didn't you, about, yes. didn't I, about 10 minutes ago saying, have you sent the sketches? Um, <laughs> so anyway, so, and I assume that's the same as because part of the vibe of this is that you, you want to vibe you want to sort of see how people arrive at a voice yeah. and also um sort of sight reading so it's kind of it's work in progress isn't it it is it's kind of it's kind of like first table read you're very ambitious i've got to say you're very you're very ambitious i mean the idea of doing this as a segment in the middle of the 10 o'clock news <laughs> might be slightly ambitious but because we're in our little corner of the internet if you don't shoot for the stars rory you know what's the point <laughs> we had you on the show two or three weeks ago um mm. have you been busy in the interim apart from all your yeah podcasts, well a few things are beginning to come back i haven't done a sort of live show yet but uh i was in a very demanding corporate the other day where they they sort of <laughs> kind of wanted to see everything that i was going to say so I, but it did give me the opportunity to kind of write out everything which i haven't normally done yeah. and what i've tended to do is to break it up with questions so i always think online on these virtual ones it's so much better to have a an interaction between a host and an impressionist rather like we're doing now instead of you know, just talking to a screen for 20, 25 minutes. That's mm. the way I've been doing it. But um, I've just done, uh, uh, just on Countdown on Monday with, with a new host, Anne Robinson. So there you go. So I don't know. It's bad, Adam, if you just got your uh, Nick Hewer impression nailed because he's no longer doing it. So, um, Adam, it's been so, it's been wasted, all that effort. Oh, it's way off, isn't it? But it's good to see a woman, as I said, to, I did say to, to um, Robinson that, that, you know, she's, no, no woman has done it. In fact, uh, <laughs> more men called Des 
have hosted Countdown than women. So uh, she's now embarking on on that new role. So yes, I did that the other day. I, I thought you were going to roll out your your Des Lynam impression. Hey, what about that? <coughs> Come on, uh, Telly Ward. Hey, Wynum, uh, <laughs> Dynam, Lynam, Telly Ward. Uh, right now, boxing. Actually, although got to say, uh, Adam's a big boxing fan. Uh, so yeah. let's what what say we go join Adam. I say we do. Adam, you when we were uh, we were chatting last time around, you you knocked me out with well, knocked me out. There you go. What about that with your uh, <laughs> your box that you first round, baby, first round, baby. That's, that's it. That's, that's my right hook, man. You can't get out the way of that. It's so good, man. These are lovely because I'm also a boxing aficionado and I love boxing voices. And we've got a lovely boxing sketch to come actually yes. uh, a little bit later on. We're just going to test you, Adam, because you're going to do all the voices, only about 12 of them. So you'll be fine. So, uh, what have you been up to in the lockdowns? I know you've, you've done lots of stuff for you, do video games, don't you? That sort of thing. Has that been yeah. busy in the in the uh, lockdown period? Yeah, it has actually. I mean, like, it was on the news the other day that the, the, yeah, the video game industry, unsurprisingly, <laughs> with everyone staying indoors yeah. and on the computer, has exploded. So, um, yeah, loads of that stuff. I know. I know you were talking to Darren. He was on on a couple of shows, wasn't yep. he? And he was um, loved, loved Darren. He's brilliant. Um, and he was chatting about how he's been so lucky, you know, as an actor to have a voiceover studio. And I've been the same. I did. I've done um, uh, a cartoon series with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which has just come out, oh, wow. which was so much fun to do. Yeah. So, is it was? Were you being Arnie Schwarzenegger, or did you have? He was on it with you. He's on. I mean, loads of scenes with him, but it's all recorded remotely, so I've not actually met the guy, which is a shame. But um, I do love. He's a, he, he was the subject of the world's shortest ever pitch. Somebody told me that that uh, some a guy goes into a Hollywood producer's office and said, "I got this great idea for a film." So, okay, come on, let's hear it. And he goes, "Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito." Twins, and the guy, guy says, yes. "Okay, go make the movie." Isn't that great. It's five <laughs> words. Here's the cast. Here's the cast. That's all I need to hear. Go, go ahead. So you, you weren't doing your. You got to get to the choppers. You weren't doing that one. Oh no, no. Um, although one episode I do do, I do um, I do loads of little characters in it, and I voice Stan Lee because it's Stan Lee's superhero. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the great, the great, the late great, and obviously he had a cameo in every single. Thing that he did and there's a cameo of him in every episode so i voice him and i play lulu the donkey who's arnold schwarzenegger's donkey in it and i play loads of weird weird stuff i, I do i do a Sylvester sloan as well at one point that's so. a different it's a different skill adam isn't it different for doing voicing those so, so tell us how you do that well i think for, for start i spent ages because i know i'm such a legend and i really wanted to get his his voice down but cartoon because it's because it's for kids and because it's so much more heightened, you kind of can't just do a straight up impersonation for somebody. It has to, it has to be really embellished. And I spent so much time trying to get his accent down. And at the end of the day, I just started playing it up. And he's he's from he's from Manhattan, so he's so full of beans, Excelsior. Like that's how I play him. Because if I played him low, it just. It's so this cartoon so wacky and crazy it just wouldn't read. It's very interesting that because we've talked a lot on the show. I know we, Rory and I, we've talked about this and, and, and other guests. The the business of the accurate impression versus the cartoon impression. The, you know, the cartoon impression is the one yeah. that you do on stage quickly to get in and out and and get a quick laugh. Uh, or you might use it in some other scenario, whereas the, the, the accurate one, you know, where you're on the radio, perhaps doing a, a long read, where you've really got to nail it. Um, but I, it's interesting that you're doing cartoon <laughs> impressions for cartoons because the whole thing is is a kind of a heightened 
sense of you know the, the audio has to be heightened to meet the 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 the, the can't, oh, I can't I can't even speak this afternoon but you know what I mean it's 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 borrow, borrow somebody else's voice so. but, <laughs> let, let me help you out I just <laughs> and place it uh, with the right voice um, so so that's what you're doing though you're you're having to lift everything because when you're doing it to, to picture it's a bit like Eddie Eddie Murphy when he did his you know the, the donkey and Shrek it was enormous, yeah. wasn't it? Everything was huge. Not that he was doing it. It was huge. Yeah, massive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I noticed, actually, I've seen Adam, you did a, a David Attenborough thing for QED, I think it was. And there it was very accurate. So Simon, is, as he so brilliantly, as he always does, has kind of identified different types of impression. That one was very close, very tight, very accurate. Because, you know, mm. when, you, when you're doing a sort of cartoon caricature Attenborough, you find yourself, it's, it's very big, oh, yeah. and of course, you know, he has that sibilance now that he has, but you brought it down and you made it sound completely authentic. And so that worked very well. And then he joined, you notched it up, as um, Simon would say, for caricature. And then you really ramp it up for a cartoon. But I found now when I do Trump, when I overdo Trump, it's turning to turn into Gru from, you know, it's, it's just to turn into despicable me. And, you know, we're going to go a little bit higher. We're going to go to the moon. But do you do you find that do you find that because he's because he's so outrageous do you I, I do you find that you have to get to that level I find I really do all the time because you know that it's funny how because you start as always you start with the small voice that's clearly accurate and then like with Lewis he starts those things where he interrupts himself really does really beautiful and uh, you know because that's what I like to do like to do all the time. And then it gets a little bit raspier and you get used to him addressing the crowd. And then it goes up another notch and I'm going to, I'm going to destroy the world. And it gets a little bit like Steve Carell, you know, that one. Well, I, I, I want to just say that this is a perfect segue into the first mm -hmm. sketch, which is by uh, one of our regulars, it's uh, Rob Smith. This is the two characters in this, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to just sit back and enjoy this thing. Uh, so there's a kind of an executive character. So Adam, I don't know if you fancy taking yeah. that on. I guess oh, I guess he's go. an American character, kind of generic sound there. And the Donald himself, uh, and as, as amply demonstrated there, that's mm -hmm. that's right up Rory Street. So this is by Rob Smith. It hasn't got a name, this sketch, but... Who cares? Um, so away you go. Thanks for coming, Donald. I understand you've got a new business proposition that you want to pitch. Well, as you know, I was the greatest president there's ever been in the history of the world. No one disputes that, okay? Okay. So now I've made America great again. I want to do the same for cheese, okay? That's what I want to do. What's wrong with cheese? What's wrong with cheese? Well, you know how hard it can be to cut blocks of cheese when you've got little orange hands? I mean, not, not me. I'm the strongest man in the world. Never had a problem with my hands. But other people with little orange hands, you know? It, what, what are you proposing? I am going to pre-cut all the cheese so it's already in little bits. All right? I'm going to make America great again. I see. With grated cheese. It, it's, it's a good slogan, but I'm afraid it's not for us. Well, I guess if that's it. No, I've got another idea. It's a better idea. Which is? Okay. It's we sell cheap sand, water, and cement so people can fill in gaps between their bricks. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make America grout again. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make America grout again. 
Any other ideas? Okay, here's another. We change the way people introduce themselves. Like, I would say hello. I'm the best former president. Please don't arrest me. You want to change our introductions. That's right. I think we can make America greet again. That's what we're going to do. I think not. <laughs> well, it, it has been lovely okay. meeting you, sort of. Okay, sell sturdy boxes down in the docks. Make America great again. Please leave. Put the clocks backwards and forwards like the Brits do. We're going to make America late again. I'm calling security. We sell plates. We sell plates, don't we? You know what we're going to do? I tell you what we're going to do with the plates. We're going to make America plate again. I wasn't going to say that. Oh, <laughs> what were you going to say? I was robbed by lying, Joe. I won that presidency. I should be leading the greatest country in the world into a new dawn. You were going to say we make America plate again, weren't you? Yes, I was. Excellent. It says fade. I'm not going to fade. I never will fade. I just get bigger and bigger. And that's what I'm going to do right now. There you go. Thank you, Robert. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. It's, what, what, the two things that, that occurred to me in that, actually, uh, first of all, of course, the, 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 that well, gold standard impression of oh. Donald Trump. And, and Rory, you've, you've kind of explored every avenue with the voice and the character and you're inflecting well, certainly pennsylvania avenue it's indeed and your every word has has trump in it it's it's got you've got all those trumpisms that you those those little interruptions those things he just trails on to the end of a sentence but i tell you what i also enjoyed was adam um it's lovely lovely working with an actual actor <laughs> Because you made that sound so easy, and I and we talked about this, didn't we, Rory, on a previous show? The you know because I've I've done comedy sketch acting, but really I'm I I feel like I'm just doing a bit of a voice and and trying pretending to be acting. You've done proper acting, Rory. I know we, we talked about that. No. <laughs> I was paid. I was paid for doing proper acting. But I'm not, not sure I did. Actually, Steve Coogan, didn't he do a wonderful job with uh, Stan Laurel? Yeah. I mean, that was extraordinary Absolutely because, brilliant. of course, you know, he had to have the voice, which is a very, very difficult voice, yeah. Stan Laurel. But it's one of those hybrid voices that, that we've often talked about on the show, The, you know, where, where you, he's, he's got an underlying English accent. And then he's got little little inflections, little Americanisms going in there, which probably got yeah. broader as he as he aged and lived over there longer and longer. And that became such a difficult accent to pin down. It's a bit like Jose Mourinho. I, I can't get anywhere near because it's it's a bit of Latin, it's a bit of I don't know, Spanish, it's Russian. I I, I just can't nail that down. I can't hear it. Well, Alistair was talking about that. The other day, wasn't he? Because when, when Alison was doing it, and sometimes he said the, and sometimes he said the, yeah. or whatever. And I was thinking, oh, what are you? And then he explained afterwards that Jose Mourinho does that. So he, you know, he sometimes has different vowel sounds in England, yeah. in English rather. He sometimes says, says the, he sometimes says the. So again, I've mentioned Alistair before, but again, it was, it was so, he, he was so accurate that he was actually even channeling Jose's inaccuracies. It was just, and his inconsistencies. Absolutely right. Do you, you, do, you do a, a Jose, Adam, is that one of your... Oh gosh, no, no. I mean, being a being a footballer and being a cricket and a boxing fan, no, not at all, not at all. But it's a toughie, isn't it? It's one of those. I, I, it's one of those where if, if I listen to him very intently and then copy every word just within a short sentence, I've got it. But as soon as I yeah. step away from that, I I've lost it. I just can't hear it anymore. It's and usually, and I guess all of us have a pretty good ear for for picking things up. Sometimes. Mm. 
I mean, are there, Adam, are there voices that you just, for whatever reason, you've tried and tried and they won't come? There's certainly ones where, like, one day, you know, I'll be working on a voice and I'll work solid for a couple of hours and I'll, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting there. And then I come back to it two days later and it's just gone. Yeah. Like, I've been trying to get Keir Starmer for bloody ages. Yes. Yeah. And trying to grip onto something there, especially if they're subtle voices. I think they're the ones where, because you're having to go into the minutiae of detail... Mm. Certainly, it's very hard to get to a point with those kind of voices where you can just riff yeah. and you can just improvise because your brain's having to consciously do so much. Yeah. Whereas with a voice like you know, Boris, obviously, you know, it's so, so, so big and so large, you can kind of <laughs> subconsciously, your brain's doing a lot of the heavy lifting yes. and you don't have to focus on that. Yes. But obviously, with someone like Keir Starmer, like I've tried to get him down and I've noticed a couple of things about him that he does. It's like this, it's like um, a. <laughs> It's a clenchness, and there's a sort of not not quite an Ed Miliband territory, but there's a sort of a, yes. There's a sort of there's little there's some kind of a impact, some kind of blockage there. Absolutely, like, spot on. It's, it's exact. I was doing a sort of semi live and something, just talking to somebody the other day, and and, and it, it, it was exactly that at the back. You know that that thing that at the back, and then you, you push it a bit too far, and you end up exactly in that Ed Miliband territory. And um, but uh, and it's very, <laughs> no, it's but far. there's something going on. Uh, there's something going on at the back of the throat there, and maybe it's something about like Labour leaders. It's just they've all got some common. <laughs> well, I, like, I, I, I think I think the blockage. I think I I indeed indeed I am. Very much that blockage. I sense a lot of tension in Keir Starmer. Yes. I sense, I sense that he's trying to control, maybe it's because he was a barrister, but there's just this kind of measure. And I think he wants to speak and flow much more than he allows himself to. So everything is quite measured. Yeah. Well, then yeah. all of a sudden it's a bit quickly. And it's like he kind of gets, when he allows himself to be himself, he kind of runs away. You're almost sounding like, like, sounding like Simon's Keir Starmer. It's sounding like Simon's Chris Eubank there for a minute. <laughs> well, that's coming, isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Give us, give us Keir Starmer as Chris yes. Eubank. Come on, Simon. Give us a Keir Starmer as Chris well, Eubank. I, I've got him on the back of the throat. What does the member uh, opposite say? I mean, I, I could take him on in any fight. I'm going to grab my throat. Well, and do you want to throw down hands? We'll, we'll, we'll throw down hands. <laughs> I'm not fast. I've gone ten, 10 rounds with the natural bend. I can easily eat now. Let's, let's go. Let's don't, go. Don't show me up because I'm going to do Eubank in a minute. And it's, you know, you do a brilliant Eubank. Don't worry. Quality of co- competition. You do an awesome Eubank show. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, I tell you, why don't, we, why don't we get on to this sketch then? This is a boxing sketch. And I, by the way, Adam, I specifically asked our writers to come up with a boxing sketch for you. Because I just, oh, I love those. One of the things, Rory, I don't know if you've heard the show with Adam, but he he not only does the, you know, the voices you expect, but he does some really weird, weird ones. You, your McCrory, Glenn McCrory. Now, that, this is one of those impressions that you do just to please yourself because nobody oh, else has gives yeah. a shit. <laughs> no one knows who he is. Exactly. But your McCrory just had me in stitches. Come on, let's have a... Let's oh, I mean, that's, that's so kindness. Oh, you, you mean, you really done me a solid there, mate. I mean, I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who he is. But I get so much joy out of doing it. If my if my voice if my like my voice doesn't get shredded in the process because he is quite gravelly. Yeah, well, listen, that's a beautiful impression. Well, well, this is the a sketch by Sean Percival. Sean writes a lot of stuff for the show. We've got Tyson Fury, which really, Adam, that's that's up your street, I think. Uh, we've got Gavin Williamson, which I think Rory, you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? I'm going to cheat. I'll just do it as Frank Spencer. Why not? Perfect. Perfect. Then we've got another one of these slightly left field 
boxing voices, uh, and that's Carl Frotch, which which I know I know that Adam does an absolutely beautiful <laughs> Carl Frotch. So you're going to be sort of switching from... beautiful Carl Frotch. That's a weird sentence. I never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> Um, then we've got Eubank. I'll, I'll take Eubank on, and um, and that's it. I think those are all the voices. So this is uh, doesn't have a name, but uh, Tyson Fury, take it away. Welcome to the show. I'm Tyson Gypsy King Fury, and I've been joined by boxers Carl the Cobra Frotch and Chris Simply the Best Eubank. Today we're discussing nicknames. Are they harmful, and should they be discouraged in classrooms? Joining us for this debate is the Secretary of Education, Gavin the Twat Williamson. Excuse me, that is not my nickname. Okay, Education Secretary, we'll address that shortly. Right, Carl, let's start with you. Your nickname, the Cobra. Is that because your right hook was so fast it was like a Cobra strike? No, it's because uh, if uh, people really got on my nerves, I used to spit on them. Okay. Uh, Chris, uh, you were known as uh, simply the best. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, self-explanatory, you see, because, uh, Tyson, I was, I was the best. And uh, my technique was uh, very simple. Uh, hence, simply the best. Uh, plus, it was a great uh, walk-on track. I seem to recall uh, suggesting a Tina Turner song title for Carl to use as a nickname, uh, but uh, but he uh, he declined. Yeah, for some reason, the manager didn't think that Carl, River Deep, Mountain, High Frocks would catch on. Oh, so uh, Tyson, Tyson, enlighten us. Uh, Gypsy King, uh, where, did that, uh, where did that originate from? Well, I'm a gypsy, and I'm king of the ring, so stands to reason. But as a member of Her Majesty's government, I've got to say, I'm uncomfortable with the term gypsy. Okay, well, from now on, I'll refer to myself as Tyson, Travelling Community King Fury. Doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? And, uh, and there's no way that will uh, fit on your robe, Tyson. Or your shorts. Okay, so I think we've proved that our nicknames are a reasonable reflection of our sporting personas. So, uh, Education uh, Secretary, this, uh, this leaves you. Uh, could you explain the, uh, the uh, origins of your unpleasant uh, alias? It's not true. I don't have a nickname. It says here, when asked, your colleagues in the Commons indicated that it was actually your nickname. OK, but I'm pretty sure it was only the opposition MPs who referred to me as a T-W-A-T. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it was only the opposition MPs who referred to you as a T-W-A-T. Well, yes, I thought that would be the case. Yes, whereas uh, those on your side of the house just said that you were a uh, C-U-N. That's it. I'm leaving. Where are you going, Twat? Come back. Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong voice. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Don't be offended, Twat. It's only a nickname. <laughs> I just I got so awesome. loose up in the, all the different voices there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Oh, boy, was that a good Tyson Fury? That's great. Tell me how you got there with Tyson Fury. What's the thing? Is it your... Because... Uh, my base for Tyson Fury, um, after a long time, is actually Winnie the Pooh. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Like, I started with like, I, I, I do Winnie the Pooh, and then I, I keep that same kind of um, growl, but instead I put in an, an, a northern accent, and then a side of the mouth, and then the sibilance, and then I'm there. That's wonderful. <laughs> I was... I was running, because I was running, there's a little bit of Les Dawson, you know, that kind of, you know, you know, getting a little bit, you know, trying to, I mean, that's not a very good Les, you know, Les was, it was way down there. I love that business of, of layering up the voice. So you start with your, your little bass 
layer, you know, this is a, that thing that just rumbles underneath. And then you start adding all of the, the little bits and pieces until you arrive yeah, at the yeah. voice. It's, um, it's a lovely, it's an, and I don't do that. And I think possibly, and then Rory, is that, is that a uh, sort of thing you would do? Or? Well, yes, I love it. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier yeah. on today, actually, talking about uh, when we mentioned Ed Miliband. And I think because that was when we talked about uh, the adenoids, he has got the adenoids of Chris Tarrant. We go, he, okay. <laughs> so is it, it going to be A? Going to be B? Is it going to be C? And you get that, and you cross over Tony Blair, and you get that really weird. Oh my God. And I'm just going to say to you, old gentleman, you know. What my, what my message is to you, and that was all written there, all that stone. I'm never, never going to give you up. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going. And that is absolutely Tony Blair plus yeah. <laughs> Tony Blair plus Chris Tarrant equals uh, Ed Miliband. So that's the kind of the layering up. But um, yeah, uh, it's and that's but that's part of the fun of it, isn't it? You just think, well, yeah. uh, I'll take a little bit of that. It's a little. It's a. I was going to say Rolf Harris, but you know, take <laughs> you know, think of that. Yeah, take it. You take a take a little bit of one cover, take a little bit of another cover, and just add them in. And you say, so well, that's a, or you know where. Just as we were saying earlier, the, 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 no, the, the something about Chris about uh, Keir Starmer that comes from the back of the throat, and um, you know. It's just like, and there's lots of voices that you do on the end of, that you can only do on the end of a breath, I find. And, and one of those would be Russell Grant, for example. And I remember when I did, I did Strictly Darling, and then when it all finished, I don't know what I'm going to do when it all finishes. I find and you, that with David Attenborough. <laughs> I do that with David Attenborough, like, some penguins turn to a life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> really draws up the last little bit of the sentence. Oh, I used fun. to do this, um, Frank Carson, talk about the end of a breath. I would yes. do this thing where I go, <laughs> I had so there was nothing left in my lungs, and that's when you start speaking. And it, it always seemed to work. I used to try and teach my audiences how to do that. And so I'd say, right, come on, everybody. You hear 50, 400 people oh. jonglers going, <laughs> waiting for that moment to go. <laughs> anyway, those were the good old days. Um, it, it reminded me of something that uh, Josh Berry was saying with, uh, he, he's asked John McEnroe. And it's one of those voices. Yeah, great. Incredible, yeah. Just up here somewhere, uh, you know, like, oh, that ball was on the line. And I, and I said, <laughs> wow. where did you start with that? And he said, Kermit. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it it's one of those sense. back yeah, of back here things. Yeah, they're very much as you're. Yeah, and you, yeah, you take the Kermit and you add some New York to it. Okay, the ball was on the line. Come but on, really well. Come on. I guess that that makes sense, doesn't it? Like I going back to our conversation earlier about cartoons. I mean, the cartoon is already so embellished. Yeah. If you can take that and then pull it back a little yeah, bit, yeah. that's yeah. That's if you great, take if something like Billy Connolly, if you take Billy Connolly, right. It's a great voice, it's a wonder and then if you turn it down a wee bit, you get Neil Oliver. And you know these islands, they're really yes, wonderful. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like a soft Billy Connolly, do you know what I mean? And I think it's a similar part of Scotland that they come from. And then you turn it up again and you get that wonderful <laughs> you get, and a wee you get the wee, you know, the laugh and all that. That's really good. <laughs> uh, we did, we did trade Billy Connolly's last time, but I, I had to concede oh, that uh, Rory's Rory's got that one nailed. Uh, you know, I do that but, sometimes with Lewis McLeod because he's also Scottish, and there's something about where you come from. So, Adam, yeah. where you're you're Lancashire, aren't you? Yes, Berry, yeah, which is near Bolton. So there's a, and there's so many. I mean, do you do? I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but, but like sort of Peter Kay and stuff like that. Are those so those second did, nature. I did, I did Paddy McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness, yeah, give yeah. us a wee bit of Paddy. Paddy. 
well, there's one. There's what there's one script, wasn't there? They were, they were going to do with him, minute. So, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let the fox see the rabbit. Like, you know, it's that kind of <laughs> time squeaker, basically. It is, isn't it? Well, look, guys, we we are uh, just conscious of the fact that we are ticking down on Zoom because uh, we're on the, the cheapo thing. Well, we're on the freebie thing. Uh, we did have a few technical issues uh, on our original software. So because uh, we're ticking down, we're going to get into the last sketch of this session. And this is called The Choir Goes Back in Time. It's by our script editor and a very uh, frequent contributor Rachel E Thorne now we've got some voices here and this is a this is look these are these are all this is like an odyssey for all of us I think uh we've got a BBC voiceover which I'm <laughs> very happy to take because yeah as usual I can't be judged we've got Gareth Malone now guys um who fancies Gareth Malone Rory I mean I, th- I would have thought vocally that might be up your street well, yeah I mean I just I, I haven't got it in my head at all I don't know what he sounds like I mean they're the ones that sound kind of like my like my normal voice which is fairly yeah, it might be well, of... I don't know whether that Adam is that in your sort of vaguely in your I have I can give it a go like I have I have heard him I, I okay. was gonna do John Barnes but but go on you do John Barnes I, or, I don't unless... know if I can but I'll give it a shot but then we've got Frank Skinner well, do you know what? But I've, I've talked about Alistair so much. This is it because he does the wonderful. And he said the key, the key, the key to Frank Skinner is the word he uses to locate him is actually shiwa. He said, "I'm not really, I'm not really shiwa exactly where I want to go with that." You've talked yourself into that voice. Um, okay, so we're ticking down. I'm gonna. Um, I mean, there's an Italian voice. Does Adam fancy that at the end? There's a couple. Oh yeah, couple why of, not? Like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So I'll do the. I'll do BBC voiceover and John Barnes, and you know what you're doing, and here we go. For this episode of The Choir, Gareth is taking on his biggest challenge yet. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go and take it. You got it. Go. I'm excited, really excited, in, in, in my own intense and slightly creepy way. In a BBC first, Gareth is going back in time. Good morning. It's a pleasure to meet you. To work with world-famous artists. This is going to be a musical treat. Please, take it away. You've got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Uh, Let me stop you there, John. What was wrong with that? I smashed it. My rap's going to (laughs) have... Sorry. My rap's going to have cultural capital after everyone's forgotten about New Order. But how does it make you feel? Well, nothing. No, it's impossible. You always feel something. Wow, it's just a bit of fun. I don't do fun. I do feeling. Now, has anyone ever hit you and hurt you? Well, sure. Think about that then. Think about the pain. Let it well up inside you like a wave and then sing it out. Go! They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. That's it. Give me more. There's only one way to beat them. He's crying and cut. Wow. Thanks for that spiritual experience. You're welcome. And now, before we go, let's talk about the music video. Have you ever heard the expression nipple hard on? Having smashed World in Motion, Gareth is now fast-forwarding through time to 1998. Tell me about 30 years of Hurt, Frank. Well, it's just that ever since I was a lad, I've longed for us to win the World Cup. And cut. Wow. Thanks for that spiritual experience. Looking at you today, and uh, David Bidiel too, and whatever his name was from the Lightning Seeds, I realise that we're all alike, you and I. Are we really? Sure. 
too much fringe. And you know what really distracts from bad hair choices? Tell me, Gareth. Tell me true. Wearing a waistcoat and tie with jeans. Try it sometime. Gareth has just one more historical football song to inject with his own personal brand of magic. Now, I've been watching you, and I think you could sing a solo. I do. And I know you're shy. I know you've got a history. But I've seen your talent, and I really think you could do this, especially if I bully you into it on camera. No. No, I can't do it. Of course you can, Pavarotti. And if you do, Ness and Dormer at the World Cup will never be forgotten. Very well. I try. Good for you. Right. Now I sing Nessun Dorma, the most famous piece of opera at the top of my lungs just for you. Here I go. Brilliant. And what's more, we've done that just before we lose our Zoom connection. So, guys, thank you so much. That was absolutely brilliant. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry we can't deconstruct the awfulness of my John Barnes impression there, but I love the my friend Skinner. It, it, was, it was brilliant, Malone. Um, to everybody who's listened to the show, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Rory Bremner, thank you. And Adam Diggle, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not drop us a five-star review and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or your chosen podcast platform. Come and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Maestros. I'll be dropping clips of the recordings, bits of inside info, links to the shows, and there's all that and more, including all the sketches on our website, www.voicemaestros.com. And you can subscribe to our newsletter from there. Oh, and we've also got a Making an Impression Facebook page. If you'd like to write for the show, just get in touch. Join us next time for another Making an Impression. 